No fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thanks for listening, downloading, and sharing. My name is Frank Salvato. I didn't watch the Super Bowl, so I'm making my points based on the extensive social media coverage of Kansas City Chiefs' Travis Kelsey going unhinged on his coach. Kelsey, or as I like to refer to him, Taylor Swift's boyfriend, exhibited not only a complete disregard for being a team player at a critical moment in the game, but he executed a horrific example of who he is as a role model. Now, I get that professional athletes, as with any performer or entertainer, have to have an elevated level of self-esteem. It would be hard to execute at a professional level in any genre that finds you performing at your peak in front of tens of thousands of people. But there is a fine line between embracing that necessary self-esteem to perform under pressure and being a jag-off. The moment Travis Kelsey stepped into his coach's face, screaming and spitting, he crossed the line from thoroughbred athlete to jag-off. As I stated in the first segment of today's broadcast, during Super Bowl XX, with the Chicago Bears leading the New England Patriots by an insurmountable margin, Chicago's coach, Mike Ditka, opted to use William the Refrigerator Perry in a scoring drive rather than his ace running back, and arguably one of the best running backs in the history of the game, Walter Payton. The Fridge was a defensive player, so the choice was one of psychological and emotional domination towards the Patriots, the proverbial sword in the neck, so to speak. The problem here is this. Walter Payton, a career-long member of the Chicago Bears, a premier player, worked like a workhorse in many a losing season, was denied the opportunity to score a touchdown in a Super Bowl. The opportunity was there, but he was denied that opportunity. At no time from the moment of that decision until well after the McCaskies prematurely dismantled that dynasty-worthy team did anyone, anywhere, see Walter Payton screaming into the face of Coach Ditka. It never happened. Now is as good a time as any to ask why. Payton certainly had the right to protest the decision. The greatest running back ever to play the game, and many would agree to that, and the coach, to prove a point of dominance, lets a defensive lineman score a touchdown rather than allowing for a career-crowning achievement for the league's premier running back? Now, the reason Peyton didn't throw a temper tantrum like Kelsey is that Peyton was a true sportsman and one who knew, no matter what, that every time he put on that uniform and or took the field, he was seen as a role model for millions of young football fans. He took his profession seriously, and part of that responsibility is knowing what that opportunity requires in public. Now, I hear people channeling Charles Barkley right now in his protest that he never signed up to be a role model. That is a hollow argument, and I suspect even Barkley knows it. 
When you make your money performing for the public, whether that performance is in sports, the arts, or whatever, it comes with the automatic assumption of role model status. Superstars know this. Mediocre one-trick ponies complain about it. I would look to the NFL to discipline Kelsey, but this is the same woke organization that knowingly sought to insert the divide of racism into Sunday's Super Bowl by setting the president of playing a black national anthem. I don't believe there could be a bigger insult to the fallen and or those who wear the uniform and sacrifice every day. So I don't hold out hope for the NFL doing anything but counting their 30 pieces of silver as our nation suffers a manufactured divide. That said, if I were the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mr. Kelsey would be having a come-to-Jesus moment regarding his bank account and his career options in the coming weeks. No one player is a franchise. If Kelsey were kicked to the curb, the Chiefs would still be a favorite for the 2025 Super Bowl. Kelsey should publicly apologize to his coach and make a significant sacrifice to mend his now-tarnished image. And I can only hope that his billionaire girlfriend who was plastered all over the television yesterday has the wherewithal to explain to her boyfriend his massive mistake and urge him to do the right thing. Otherwise, they deserve each other. There is no I in team, Mr. Kelsey. Don't be a jagoff. We'll be right back after this with today's segment on America's Third Watch, broadcast on the Salem and Genesis Communications Networks. know that Yopon is the only tea plant indigenous to the United States? Hi, I'm CJ, the owner of Emerald Coast Tea Company. We have a line of Yopon teas and Yopon tea blends that will open your eyes to tea that is literally made in the USA. Check out our entire line of teas at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. Bank of America wants to control how you live your life. They're building a system to track your carbon emissions and monitor your driving, coming after your Second Amendment rights, favoring certain home buyers based on their race. Bank of America is using a social score system straight out of China's playbook. Bank of America is obsessed with trying to control your life. What will they do next? Bank of America, their lies start with their name. News, insight, passion. AM 930, The Answer. Let's welcome Frank Silvato from UndergroundUSA.com. Good morning, Frank. Mr. Kyle. All right. Well, well. first off, first things first, I guess. Uh, what did you think of the Super Bowl? At least it was a pretty competitive game overall. Yeah, I didn't watch it. <laughs> you, know, you, did, did. you didn't watch Taylor Swift? Uh, every you know, moment they would cut away to Taylor Swift. 
Yeah, what what an abomination. I mean, I mean, it's just hey, it's a Taylor Swift show with the Super Bowl. That's you know, right. I I, yeah. I don't I don't care for that. That's uh, I know there were there were a lot of theories going around that it was manufactured and planted to help save the NFL because it's ultimately woke. Um, I made the decision not to watch it because they were playing a black national anthem. I, I don't support organizations that divide on the basis of racism and the NFL is doing that. Well, you know? it, it, it is interesting that it, that it's, uh, that you have a particular other national anthem. Why don't we have then 25 national anthems or something like that? Yeah. I'd say it, it doesn't make any sense if we're, if we are e pluribus unum out of many one, then we have to make a concerted effort to be this melting pot. The NFL evidently doesn't care to do that. They want to cater to special interest and, and use racism as the tactic to do that. So I, you know, I, I'm not going to watch them. And, and then to see on social media that, uh, and I'd like to call him this Taylor Swift's boyfriend, right. uh, had to get into his coach's face and scream at him during the overtime. I, you know, I would fine him his year's salary and trade him immediately. Yeah, it was a little over the top. I mean, just say the least. To say the least, over the top. Have you? Did you ever see Walter Payton do that? He didn't get the score. He didn't get the score a touchdown in the Super Bowl because they gave it to the fridge. If anybody had had a right to be a little upset, it's the greatest running back in the world. He didn't. Have you ever seen Michael Jordan do that to his coach? No. Do you ever see Do you ever see Bobby Hull or any of the any or Wayne Gretzky do it to their coaches? No. This is a, a symptom of the society that we live in. When when this guy can think he's so damn important that he can disrespect his coach on national television in front of the biggest crowd that there is, I don't care what he was trying to get across to his coach. It's no. disrespectful. And, and it literally pisses on any respect for authority at all. So, yeah. Taylor, take your boyfriend and, and go away. Go away. You're a bunch of spoiled little brats that, that think you're all that. You know, that, that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me on, on social media last night. Screw him. Screw her. Screw the NFL. You know who would never have stood for that on the field? Uh, would be Tom Landry, somebody like him, you know, Absolutely. always very stoic, you know, uh, and so forth. But it just, it's a whole different era, like you said. And then you've got this big guy. I mean, if he came up to you or I, it would be scary because he's pretty intimidating, let alone the coach, you know, as an older gentleman, you know, and this would be, uh, uh, that just wasn't right. Back in the day, if he would have done that to, to Mike Ditka or Don Shula. Yeah. It would have been over. They would have they would have sent him to the locker room. That's it. I don't care if there's three minutes left in the Super Bowl and you're God's gift. Get. <laughs> yeah, well, other than that, how do you feel about it, Frank? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, there comes there comes a time, and and we've hit it in in a society where you've got to call out bad actors, and this guy, as celebrated as as the NFL wants to make him. You know, as, as celebrated as, as Taylor Swift's boyfriend is, you don't act like that. And we can't reward him for bad behavior. 
that's not a role model for our kids. Right. And, and it's embarrassing to the rest of us. He's a, he's a spoiled brat. Yep. I, I, I'm with you a hundred percent. I mean, I just thought it was, it was, uh, uh, shocking, you know, what we were seeing and they kept playing it over and over again. And, uh, yeah, it, as you mentioned for the kids, you've got a lot of, a lot of young kids watching this and thinking, oh, that's how I should be. And then <laughs> if they try that with their coach, I think they might, uh, you know, they'll find themselves in a world of hurt on that. Yeah. You know, it, and it's not just the NFL. Look at the NBA with, with players who get arrested on gun charges and assault charges and domestic violence. You know, again and again and again and again, if you're going to be making millions of dollars playing a freaking game, then put on the air of being a role model instead of a selfish, self-centered brat. Uh, something I just saw, too, uh, just a little while ago, I think, but it came out on Saturday. Uh, looks like uh, Representative Mike Gallagher, uh, mm. Republican out of Wisconsin, he's he's not going to seek re-election, evidently, coming on the heels of the whole Mallorca's uh, vote the other day. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it was directly related to his non-vote to impeach, but um, you know that is a Republican seat in the House that is being vacated. So obviously, it opens up a vulnerability going into the general election. But there's a there's a lot of younger people in Congress who don't care for the game because it's it's being sold as one thing. And when they get to Congress, it's quite another, you know, uh, the, they think they're going to represent the people in their district as they campaign to get elected on. And they realize that they're serving their political party and not the people back home for the most part. And I think that's, that's, that's where we've gotten away from what the framers gave us, which was true representative government. Right now we've got government represents political parties. And that's exactly what Washington warned us about in his farewell address when he said, beware of the factions, they will be the death of the Republic. And I'm paraphrasing, but uh, he was talking about political parties. You know, we got two groups of people that, that are just smothering what's supposed to be representative government. And, uh, you know, if you want to, you want an example, just look at Mitch McConnell. <laughs> well, right. Well, you know, it is interesting because you bring up Washington and these these individuals of that time period, they really do seem to have had uh, some very clear vision of what it was they were constructing after I mean, it took a long. It was a lot to get to get to that point, obviously, but but they realized how it could be, uh, for lack of a better term, corrupted or dismantled, you know. Well, they had just got finished with living under tyranny for how long? You know, decades, if not hundreds of years. They they broke the chains of tyranny to find freedom, and then they debated very hard on on what government to set up. You know, that's why when I hear people talk about our democracy, I cringe. We don't have a democracy. They hated democracy. They really did. They used it as a, as a system to vote. But our government is not a democracy. That would be mob rule. We have a constitutional republic that gives us a representative government, you know, uh, or at least we did and until the direct election of senators. Well, you know, just uh, we mentioned my archist there a moment ago in regards to Mike Gallagher, uh, the representative. But uh, my archist was on Meet the Press on Sunday, and uh, 
he basically says they don't bear any responsibility for the broken system of immigration, basically. I mean, how they really do believe they can hide behind that kind of phraseology, you know, and just, and people will buy that. Well, he's a gaslighting jackass. <laughs> he, he's a gaslighting jackass. Here's a, here's a guy who is so in it. Well, I, I, I had this dilemma in my head about my Arcus. Is he incredibly inept or is he a fantastic foot soldier for what the powers that be in Washington want done? And, and, I'm, and I'm tending to lean more towards the, the latter. I, I think he's executing exactly what they want to have done to create a one-party system in this country. And then they're not going to unveil all the nuts and bolts of it until they know they can force it through. And then we're going to go, whoa, we're, what do you mean we're 11 million votes behind? Mm-hmm. You know, no, so, so, you know, should he have been impeached? Oh, that's a, it's a good question. You should have been fired. You know, and anybody who's looking at it with with a with a straight eye, who's looking at it wanting to have excellence in job performance, would have fired his his ass a long time ago. But if it's all about the political maneuvering for power and it's not about serving the people, he may be the best person on the cabinet. <laughs> right? No kidding. No kidding. Well, and of course, um, the, that vote may come up again. Maybe even this week, we're not sure, but it, it, it very well could. Uh, and they might be able to get it through this time if they get everybody there, for one thing, to actually be there. Uh, but Gallagher was one of those who voted against it. Yeah, he voted against uh, impeaching Mayorkas. And, and quite honestly, it's, a, it's an exercise in labeling because the Senate's not going to convict him and remove him. It's not going to happen. You, they don't have the supermajority they need to remove him. So will he have the scarlet letter of impeachment around his neck? Yeah, he will. But he's not going to get removed from his post. Mm -hmm. Well, talking about being removed from their post, this whole thing with Joe Biden has just gotten worse over the weekend, obviously. Um, There's even a report Gavin Newsom was hobnobbing with some billionaires in Vegas ahead of the Super Bowl. You know, everybody's starting to anticipate now because everything just really changed late last week with with this report from the special prosecutor. Um, but, uh, and, and even so Joe Biden, he did a video for the Super Bowl. but if he was really running for president, don't you think he would actually do the Super Bowl interview? But we know he can't maybe for obvious reasons at this point. Let's see. I, I agree with, with, uh, Carvel Bagala and Axelrod that he needed to be out there to do an interview if in fact he's truly running, but they know that they can't do it because he doesn't have the wherewithal to be on television for an interview, even if the questions are selected already. He, he's a vulnerability every time he gets in front of the microphone. You know, so I, if I'm his campaign manager, I want him in that basement and I want him there. Everything should be produced. I don't want a live interview. I don't want a town hall. I don't want a press gaggle. I want nothing. I want him as far away from microphones, cameras, and the public as humanly possible so I can manufacture a persona to cater to what the people are upset about. And that's, that's a task in and of itself because his, his record is damaging to his candidacy. It's so bad. Now, Newsom, I didn't know that California had rectified all its problems that this guy could take a, a weekend off and go to Vegas for a football game. <laughs> no kidding. 
Well, you know, sometimes with with Joe Biden, I'm wondering if they if maybe they're re- rewatching that movie with Kevin Klein called Dave. <laughs> what they say? Hey, maybe we could come up with something like this and you know get somebody out there who can who can at least communicate. Maybe you know, there's a strange life imitates art in 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 many on many occasions. Uh, if it's not Wag the dog, it's it's Dave. But they are manufacturing Biden, you know, and they always have. Think about it. You know, even going back to the Senate, he's not what he appears. He's not just nice old Uncle Joe, Grandpa Joe Biden. That's that's as far away from what he is as humanly possible. He's a pretty mean person. You know, last the other day when he got mad at the press. Absolutely. Think about think about the comments you mean about. I don't want my kids going going to school in that jungle culture talking about you know interracial schools what a hateful thing to say but it was right off the top of his head it's how he really feels you know so he's not a nice man it's all made up it's all manufactured so what's the difference between marketing somebody as good old uncle joe from scranton the, the 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 alter boy from scranton and the movie dave what's the difference indeed indeed yeah, well, Joe Biden, he is definitely um, some kind of uh, persona, as you say, uh, and uh, but that's breaking down every single time that he goes out to the microphones, and they should never have sent him out there the other day because he went out there to show how he's how in command and control he is, but he actually ended up making it a lot worse. Well, of course he made it a lot worse because he's not there to be able to be quick on his feet to give an answer that will get him out of the jam. Say what you want about Donald Trump. You may not like him because he's gruff. You may hate the way he talks, but he's the real deal. He he's he's genuine. He is what he is. Joe Biden isn't. Indeed. Well said. It is interesting. We do have a caller hanging on. We'll go to the caller here just momentarily. But um, it is significant. 86% think that Joe Biden is too old. But of that same poll, 62% feel the same way about donald trump but those two people when you put them side by side there's really no real comparison in terms of what we're observing with joe biden basically. yeah it's night and day it was a it was a moot question to begin with it's not about the age it's about the cognitive ability it, it's quite obvious that joe biden has not been up to speed um with his cognitive ability since before he was elected Right. It's you know I'm and I'm serious about that. We saw a market decline going into the the last month of his campaign in, in 2020. It was it, you could see it. The glasses never came off. He was shuffling. He stumbled. He was he was mumbling. We saw it. People were talking about did he have a stroke? Right. You know well, what's going on here? But yeah. the Democrats I, Democrats wouldn't let go of him. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Because while you were saying that, I was going to ask. Do you think there was some event that happened and not just this gradual decline where he's just kind of, you know, old Joe and, and, you know, grandpa and, and he's not, uh, he's just not firing on all cylinders anymore. But do you think there was something that happened that sort of caused this? As, as someone who's treated stroke victims before in the past, I I was a paramedic for a career. Um, you know. Uh, it was, that's, that was my judgment, but you can't make that judgment unless you actually have hands on. Oh, sure. And, and you're, and you're treating. So it's a supposition of course, but 
that would have been my first impression. Well, sure, yeah, exactly. And and even if you just look at at the video of Joe Biden back when uh, after he left uh, being the vice president, uh, so forth, he just seemed to even at some of those uh, early debates, he's a different guy, you know, or you know some of the early parts of the campaign, he's a different guy. And then there was a marked change. Yeah, that, and, and that's not addressing the jerk level, because <laughs> he's his jerk level has always been in the upper nineties to a hundred. Uh, yeah, I'm just talking about being able to feel the question. You know, whenever he got whenever he got flustered in the debates with Donald Trump, remember the time he said with this clown, this clown, why are we even talking to this clown? You know, that's wow. That there were a lot of people in the audience that anyone said that's not presidential. Indeed. Well, I'll tell you what, let's head over to the telephone line. We got Anthony in Tampa this morning, and I think he's got a question or comment for you. Good morning, Anthony. In regards to the incident that occurred, and I was made aware of on the sidelines by the uh, the brutish uh, player uh, kind of uh, almost knocking down his coach, uh, let's see how many talk show hosts on the radio, uh, sports uh, de- uh, devoted, uh, buried that under the, uh, under the label of, uh, well, this guy's a, a great player, and the team made a, a championship. Uh, victory. Uh, second of all, chance to those who keep mentioning uh, this singer's uh, name on the air. Uh, she claims to be a Christian, but uh, no Christian advocates for the uh, the slaughter of unborn children yeah. and uh, promotes transgender uh, and uh, abnormal uh, lifestyles uh, for the youth of America and the world. And second of all, you know, I hear I've, they interview these players and they profess to be these. Uh, uh, Whole uh, of the, uh, the faith, yet when it comes to, to the uh, media, secular media, none of them come to have the bravery to to confess that they're they're actually Christian uh, Christ followers. The only one I heard was the uh, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, and I heard that the uh, owner of the Chiefs also gave uh, mm-hmm. uh, his uh, confession of faith. But other than that, everything else is superficial. These guys seem yeah. to be ashamed of actually uh, professing their faith in front of the. Uh, the, the world. And Frank, you know, there's other ways of disrespecting the flag, whether it's kneeling by the women's U.S. national soccer team or uh, NFL players. Uh, fans need to stand up and, and make themselves known and, and recognize that they're not going to put up with it. Mm-hmm. And really profess to be uh, supporters and respecters of the U.S. national anthem. Thank you. All right, Anthony and Tampa, I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, Frank, there's a lot going on there. And of course, you, you and I were hitting it pretty hard earlier about. Uh, about uh, Kelsey, right? About yeah. uh, you know, going against the coach. That was that was uh, that was an offense that maybe should have, as you were saying, should have sent him to the locker room at the very least. Should have sent him to the locker room. The NFL commissioner should get involved at this point, saying that's not you, players don't talk to coaches like that. It it should be a a league fine or suspension, but it's not going to happen because the NFL is all about money, 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 money. That's why, that's why they fell to wokeness. That's money. They saw money. They saw people, tickets, butts and seats. All right, then let's go here. Let's have a black national anthem. We, we have to placate. You know, let's, let's, uh, this week we're going to have rainbows on our uniforms because we have to placate. We have, we have to play the identity politics thing in order to be able to capture as many people as possible, you know, and, and the media is complicit. He's right about the taking a knee. If 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 you're at a sporting event or any event for that matter, and and that the players are taking the knees, turn your back to them. Turn your back to them, and 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 fire off some emails and some hard letters 
to the people who run these things and say, you know what? You lost me. Yeah. You, you lost me. Keep your, keep your jaded, divisive, uh, hate America politics out of my sporting events. It's inappropriate for you to do this. And the, the NFL lost all credibility with me when they didn't come down hard on Colin Kaepernick. A washed up, used to be at the top of his game, mediocre quarterback that somehow thought he was important enough to ruin an entire sports league. In so many ways, that creates a cottage industry for some of these individuals. You know, this this is my thing. This is my shtick, right? I, this is what I'm I'm going to do because now I'm going to get endorsements. I, you know, I don't have to play another day in my life if I really don't want to. I'll be very comfortable kind of a thing. That That's what gets me sometimes is that it becomes, as I said, a cottage industry. Uh, and, you know, nobody's really trying to solve any real problems. They're just making yeah. money off the problem. Yeah. And that's the key point. And you hit it directly in the bullseye. They're not giving any solutions. They're whining. They're, they're protesting and whining. And they push their name and their brand forward. Colin Kaepernick, what do you get out of this one? A Nike deal? Well, yeah. The, talk or, about, you know, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Talk about a reward for incredibly bad behavior. You want to have a, you want to have a conversation about systemic racism? And if it actually exists, then be brave enough to sit down and allow someone across the table to use the FBI statistics to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen. You had to take a knee. It's not now. It's a thing. Yeah, take a knee. I'm cool. Come on. No, I'll never be taking a knee during the United to the national anthem or towards the flag. And I'll never disrespect first responders. And I definitely wouldn't res, wouldn't disrespect my coach like that. No kidding. No kidding. I mean, that's going to be that's going to become infamous. I think um, if there's any justice, <laughs> I no doubt about it. I hope. Yeah, absolutely. Infamous. That's exactly what it should be. Well, Frank Salvato, author of the book, Nullification, and of course, the website is undergroundusa.com. We look forward to talking with you again on Friday, my friend. Stay low, my friend. If you like the podcast, subscribe, leave a comment, rate it if your platform lets you. Be sure to head on over to undergroundusa.com to sign up for our Substack, which comes straight to you, circumventing the censors and the fact-checkers, because we both know that they're worthless, and that's been proven over time. And be sure to pick up your copy of Nullification, the case for decentralizing the federal government, available in Kindle and paperback over at Amazon.com. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato, and we will be back right after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.